Hello and welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host Christina. We have a movie review, belatedly, after Yang, a 2021 American sci-fi drama written, directed, and edited by Koganada. The film stars Colin Farrell, Jody Turner-Smith, Justin H. Men, Malia Emma. I'm going to try my absolute best, but I'm probably going to fuck this up. Tajan Drawijarja as Mika, by the way. Justin played Yang, Kyra played was played by Jody and Jake was played by Colin. Russ was played by Richie Coster. Sarito Chudhuri as Cleo. Clifton Collins Jr. as George and Haley Lou Richardson as Ada. I feel like Clifton Collins Jr. always pops up randomly in movies. He's kind of like the man, there's a lot of other actors I can reference and now none of them are coming to mine let's just say samuel jackson for right now just one of those prolific randomly shows up like oh he's always in a lot of shit he keeps his paycheck coming but he's also a good actor and then sometimes he plays just really oddball roles i will say the beginning of this movie took me for a loop in the best and most surprising of ways That's what happens when you go into things blind. But even that, I think, would certainly be something you were not expecting. Cinematography by Benjamin Loeb. Music by Asuka Matsumiya and Richi Sakamoto. This was released July 8th of 2021 at the Cannes Film Festival and in theater release March 4th of 2022. The budget was 9 to 20 million. It made 729,000 at the box office. So not the greatest, what's the word I'm looking for, fiscal success. But it got some critical acclaim. I thought this was a good visually stunning movie. It was unique in the way it addressed the story arc. And I think overall, it was very well acted, very well portrayed. And if I had to pick one small nitpick, it would be Justin having that fucking long ass hair they kept giving him in front of the mirror. Like, what was that? What what did we could not find any other differentiating 
feature other than that ratchet hanging off of him. Come on, guys. Get, do, do, do better with the wigs. But yeah, I really like this. I gave it a 9.2 out of 10. The movie focuses around Yang during one of their dance off, which many families, and I like that we got to see the different families that we were going to be interacting with on some, on some level in this type of dance off, uh, multi player game. And it's all about synchronization, being in rhythm with your family. And during this Yang, which we thought was just the older brother, of the younger Mika, unfortunately, is a robotic person and has shut down. Oh, he needs God. some milk! This sets in motion, effectively, what a family goes through during a loss. And it turns out that they, both Jake and Kira, when they adopted Mika, bought a uh a sibling what did they call it it was something a little bit more a culture sibling so that she could understand a little bit better where she came from and uh have someone that she can relate to but now he's passed and i'm surprised the neighbor george had to tell jake hey it's not cool for you to just have him out like that for your daughter Mika to see because that's probably going to be traumatizing even though she knows intellectually that he is a machine she has grown up with him as her gaga and she becomes grief stricken at the idea that he may not return and it's a casual thing between the parents at first and it's something that mom Kira thinks is possibly a way for them to stop being so reliant in the parenting of Mika maybe we should be the one teaching her the elements of her culture and getting educated ourselves. And we need to be more involved. And by we, I mean, yo ass, who's just hanging out at the tea shop all damn day. I'm not judging. I'm judging a little. I'm not going to lie. Kira throughout the movie is very understanding. She's very patient. She's trying to juggle all of the roles within the family being the mother, also trying to deal with a very high-powered, uh, high-production type of job. And when she needs her husband to do things, he's more struggling, I think, to find what his purpose is. And that seeking that he does when they had that wonderful scene when he's talking about why he chose to get in the business of tea making and how a documentary kind of spurred him on to 
to try to seek out those experiences through the the preparation and the the whole experience behind making the tea everyone wants to just grab crystals and they don't give a shit about <laughs> the the actual uh organic nature of of the practice may be disenchanted with it and he finds himself in a moment looking at yang and thinking this is someone i can pass those memories on to or pass that that trade on to and even he says i don't think i can feel the things that you would want and he certainly doesn't feel that that moment that he saw in the documentary he's still searching for really the the fulfillment of his existence whereas Kira is more realistic in that our existence is now and that uh, being a little sad about it kind of comes with the territory when she has her one-on-one with Yang, which is another beautifully acted scene where he gives her facts because that's what is a part of his computer coding is that he has Chinese heritage facts and stories that he can pass on which is in one part educating Mika but he himself also struggles with the idea of what makes me Asian not what makes me human because he himself never questions the nature of his existence he considers himself alive by existing at all and then what is existence if not a collection of memories i really like the playing around with that with the discovery of the memory bank because at the advice of george which he didn't want to take at first he went through all of the hoops that he tried to tell him like don't don't go to them they're just gonna try to get you to recycle go to this guy he'll help you out he'll give you less the price but he disregarded his neighbor because he saw himself well he didn't agree with or didn't or automatically took a negative off-putting approach to the idea that he would have kid clones which is a thing in the future and while he asserts that no i'm not racist or clonist even though i myself am heavily reliant on a a biological construct of a assortment of a human I could pass judgment on that. The scene where they were in, or he was having lunch 
And then she called and he's like, yeah, I'm all over that. And she had to take off work to take care of Mika. Yeah, he couldn't be bothered. And instead of cursing him out, she simply walks away. The part that got me is when she came back with the ramen to have dinner with him anyway. That part of the equation, I was not buying as a black woman. <laughs> Absolutely. Then got, then got, uh, got the nerve to be charmed by him too. That is not how you teach him a lesson. But poor Mika is also struggling the entirety of the film because she has been very reliant on her brother but also it feels like she's lost her brother looks like you know the loss is very real to her and she's acting out she ends up punching someone at school and she ends up following daddy around but she's seen it's like driving around with your your the dead corpse of your brother and the more you continue to to interact the more the more real it was and then when he goes to the technician at first he doesn't know if he wants to give him permission to open up the core but upon his daughter saying you said you were doing everything you could to fix them he gives in and that's when they find the memory bank which is a device that stores key experiences, key memories. And that is all that we as humans are. What did they call these specimens? Um, Techno sapiens. So they're organically materialed because they kept mentioning how they decompose over time but their computer system, which is in our sense, our brain is basically a memory bank. Our experiences are the unique part of what actually is human. Everything else is just parts, which is what they're trying to, trying to find to fix him, but there's no fixing those parts. So, everything that was technically being alive about him no longer exists, right? But he himself continues to exist beyond the, beyond the physical. And Jake ends up connecting to his son, which I love the moment in which he called him his son when he went to the lady at the museum, Nancy, I think is her name, because it's a, an acceptance of this person was part of my family. It wasn't just a thing. It's someone I loved and cared about and had important moments in time that we bonded on a transcendual type of level. And I think that there's something really special about that. And he chases these memories and not only reconnects with ones he himself 
has lost, including the one where he was taking a family photo, but he himself understood, and I am talking about Yang, that he was keeping a memory that he never wanted to disappear because these were the most important people to him. These were his family. I loved how he also explained to Mika about adoption, how she was teased at school about her parents not being her real parents. And he takes her to a, a plant or a tree forest and explains that some trees, they, they grow with other trees and that makes them stronger, but see that they're all connected together. I love that also was the visualization of his memories that they're just, there's a connectivity to humanity and it's through these continuously shared experiences that end up leading to the most human of experiences, which is the fact that Yang was himself someone else who was in love with someone named Ada who is the clone he was having a secret relationship with in the future that the family was not aware of. So even in death and afterlife, if you will, sometimes connections are so very strong that people have a tendency to gravitate toward each other. It's a lot of romanticism to it. And I like that idea and that Mika was singing the song that Yang taught her. That was the song that the great aunt, you know, the tragedy of it all, how there is loss, but then those, those key moments still are passed on and impressioned on. And then the more technologically advanced we become, the more we can actually hold on to those memories and store those memories and in a lot of ways keep that person alive and I like that their decision was not to put him in the museum but to allow the museum to study those memories even though they don't want to say goodbye to him they know that his existence would have mattered to a lot of people because of the fact that he had a life. He understood a lot of the things that was happening around him. And he built on that through a very core, um, through a very core idea of, uh, what came before there was also something about in the shop that they were discussing when he first went there like oh this used to be brothers and sisters which i guess is a knockoff shop because he also went back and found the original owner and she said oh yeah i bought him refurbished after five days he was depressed so i sent him back and then is that meant to convey that someone else's memories, because they were saying they used to sell memories in this shop, were then put into 
this device because they always thought that was the whole thing in Westworld is that you always needed to have some type of core memory, some type of um, base. And that was it. So it, it plays with the, also the idea of the, the caterpillar and the butterfly. I like that analogy a lot too. Uh, the idea of rebirth and, and once again, the the conversation he she Kira had with with Yang was very resonant with me because she's struggling with the idea and the sadness about her wanting to believe in something more but her response being humans are programmed to believe in such things but I don't know if it's really in our best interest and I think that's true I think some of that it is going back down to uh, the way in which our beliefs have caused a lot of our diversity or not diversity our um, conflict still because it's based on a thing that is without our control other than accepting the idea that our existence is simply it. <laughs> there is nothing after. What did you say? Because she's like, do you believe that? Uh, and asks what he believes. And he doesn't really know. But he knows that there's no something without nothing. You can't have happiness without sadness. You can't have anger without... Uh, what's the opposite of anger? <laughs> I want to say love, but love seems to be the opposite of hate, but anger versus uh, empathy. You know, there is no non-exchange of a balancing scale. You know, there's life and then there's death and there's no death without life. There's no giving without the other side of that being the opposite of it and something that was uh, very reminiscent to me in Sandman when we were having the conversation with death is humans are so angry at the idea of death coming to them but they they don't think anything about the idea of being born uh, you know as anything uh just as just as simply primordial as it is it's you know you're all happy to be born but you're all angry to be angry to die well what did you expect when you were born and you're quite lucky to be born when you look at the percentage of that small concept so the idea that you should feel shafted in the end when in reality you've won the lottery and you've been given the gift of creating and being a part of this existing network where you are going to inspire someone else and someone else and the memories and that's through your connection with your children and who they connect with and so on and so forth through time. 
and all of those things are so very, very, very important. And, uh, yeah, I think that that's really something to think about, especially as we continue to rely on technology more and utilize it for things that, yeah, maybe <laughs> skirting around some privacy laws, which is definitely a huge, huge, huge thing that Homeboy was freaking out about. Understandably, you know, especially, oh, go and recycle this thing so we can take out this thing that shouldn't exist, recording all types of information data on you and your family that these corporations can have to manipulate you in the future. Yeah, that's fucking fucked up. So yeah, that's conspiracy theory uh, side of things. <laughs> then there's also the very real human side of it as well. So I like that they, they played a little bit with that. I also love the line, why would other beings want to be human? What's so great about it? Just very true. <laughs> we do have a very inflated sense of our own. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Divinity. It's like, yeah, that's it, that's because we're alive. <laughs> we think it must be the best to be us because we're us. But I don't know. I think maybe being a bonono, bonobo, yeah, those type of monkeys might not be the worst experience, just constantly fucking all day, like, oh, we're so mad at each other, well, time to put on the the R&B. Yeah, there's some incest involved, but... It's conflict-free. So yeah, I thought this was a really good movie. I think I've waxed on enough poetic. I think I cut, hit all of the the points. I like that Jake transition to being more present in his daughter's life. And that we ended with him. Because he, he came home and he saw his wife putting his daughter to bed. And then she had to go to work. Then he got out of the tub like he really, I mean, out of the shower like he was about to have sex. He definitely had, oh, I just got all glistening and wet for you. <laughs> and she was putting her shit in her purse like, some of us got to do overtime because we had to leave work early to put our child to bed. So you can fuck yourself tonight, sir. Are we good? What do you think? You can't even recall your lies. She was a real one. She really was a real one. But having the kid get up in the middle of the night and she likes to and then going to her Gaga's bed and there was no translation titles. But I got the gist of what she was saying. Like, I know I have to grow up. I know I have to move on without you. I know that you know, it was her own way of saying goodbye, even though she doesn't want to say goodbye. And then she ends up going to her dad 
and she ends up sitting with him and they both can't sleep and she begins singing the song that he heard from one of yang's memories that's how it ends so i i thought that there was a lot of changes subtle changes in the impact of how this person that wasn't a person but became so integral to their life that they were someone and not only someone someone special to them as much as they were special uh the other way around and uh yeah i'm glad that homegirl got to study because she was really really into that idea (laughs) and that is going to be the conclusion of my movie review let's see what the critical response was on rotten tomatoes 90 percent out of 235 critics reviews are positive with an average rating of 7.9 out of 10. The website consensus reads, although its reach occasionally exceeds its grasp, after Yang yields rich rewards for those willing to settle into its low key wavelength. Metacritic, which uses a weighted average, assigned the film a score of 78 out of 100 based on 44 critics indicating generally favorable reviews. Writing for the New York Times, Brandon Yu described the film as an existential crisis for humanity that asked the viewer to evaluate what it means to be alive. Polygon's Leo Kim stated the film considers many issues, including, quote, a testament on loss and examination of our reliance on technology Mm -hmm. and a deeply human story about care, end quote. Richard Brody of the New York New Yorker wrote the characters in the film live in a quote soft techno fascism of petty pleasures and alluring surfaces that Koganada boldly slyly renders appealing end quote David Sims from the Atlantic wrote the film asks what it means to be human in a world filled with technology and that quote the result is a pensive drama that plays like a quiet mystery seeking to understand not just its human protagonist but the deeper underpinnings of all social connections, end quote. Uh, there's a couple other reviews that you could read on IMDb if you want to look further, but it feels like everyone got the message of the film. It was nice to see Colin Farrell in a role where he gets to use his natural dialect. And it didn't emphasize too much on on more than the premise was focused on and i like that so let's wrap up just as it gets time for the dogs to come out and bark for about 45 minutes to an hour if you want to send feedback uh blacker couch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below my social media will be there as well until next time peace hair grease and blacker magic <laughs>